What's going on, guys? It's Tyler Ray here, the host of the Full Depth Podcast, sitting with, as always, Handsome Mike on the mic. We want to welcome you to the Full Depth Podcast and give you a little context. You take a walk inside of our crazy minds and through some of the hottest topics in today's world. Before we move any further forward, I want you to hit follow or subscribe wherever you're consuming our content. If you are on iTunes, welcome. If you are on Instagram, hey, welcome. If you're on Facebook, we're probably not on Facebook, so I don't know what you're doing on there. But join us as we navigate through some of the some of the intricacies of our mind and bring on some pretty cool guests along the way. We'll see you on the inside. Well, welcome to the next episode of the Full Dev Podcast. You heard it here. This is Tyler Ray, the host, sitting with, as always, handsome Mike on the mic. What up, man? What's going on, my man? I just punched my microphone. Oops. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to mix things up a little bit. Our first two podcasts went really well. A lot of great feedback. But I think what will set us apart, what will be a little bit more unique to our process, is let's let you, the listeners, control this podcast. Meaning that our next podcast and the ones to come will be controlled by you and your questions. So what you can do is in the comments uh, to this podcast, you can DM us um, over our Instagram handle at the full depth, or you can send it to what's your one? What's the sweat one? At uh, Team Sweat Life. At Team Sweat Life. Send your questions. It can be of any topic you'd like. It doesn't have to be health and fitness, but we will chop it up. If we don't know the answers to your questions, we will find those out for you. We'll approach some of the top experts in the field and make sure that we source all of the best information. That is our promise. How's that sound? Sounds great. Does that sound good? We were sitting here trying to figure out what to talk yeah. about uh, moving forward. So I just, I don't want to do what's been done. I don't want to do, I don't want to beat a dead horse with a stick. I want to figure out what you want. And I think that's the most important part of a podcast. It's, it's like you're pulling something from this um, unique to yourself. So I think we should do that first. I guess Mike's question is, um, how appropriate is it to drink a mason jar with one quarter peach juice and three quarters water? So my favorite drink <laughs> in the entire universe is watered down juice. It could be with Perrier. It could be with regular water. It could be fizzy water, flat water, cold water, hot water. This just in. Mike Patella is eight years old. <laughs> and so uh, right now it's been peach juice because we bought peach juice for the it does uh, look like member a cup barbecue of that we had last weekend. <laughs> Shout out to everyone who came to the barbecue last weekend. It was yes, a fun time. Yes, barbecue. I could smell it. I unfortunately was not there. I was not feeling well, but I've heard only good things about the barbecue. Lots of B, B and Qing. B and Qing. We played a little bit of basketball. Uh, Ooh, hoop Neil, ball. Uh, I dominated the basketball court yep. here in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, you saying you were the victor or Neil was the victor? I was. I was. So, okay. I, so I was teaching everybody what Kawhi Leonard was doing in the games yep. uh, prior. I'm um, a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's your prediction for tonight's basketball game? Ooh, someone's going to win. Someone's and someone will lose. Is that that's what you wanted, right? That's what I wanted. Um, you know what? It's 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 funny because I'll tell you what I am. I'm not a fan of any one team of any sport. I'm a fan of the sport. And that's like super weird, and people are like yell blasphemy at me when I talk like this. But it's it's the truth. I grew up really not attached to any one team. I just grew up a fan of the sport. So when I watch basketball games, I honestly cheer f just for good plays. Right. But 
national pride, uh, the fact that it'd be great for the, the city of Toronto and the, in our country. And I'd love to see Toronto win. You know, that's for more for you guys, more for the fans here. A lot of those guys ha have been with the team for quite some time. Like Lowry's been there for seven years, I think now. Um, yeah, it's big, it, for, it the, just, big for the people that have worked yeah, really hard yeah. over the years, for sure. Um, actually, I want your input on Kevin Durant, because there's a lot of stuff going around mm -hmm. Kevin Durant, how mm -hmm. he shouldn't have been playing, and, and it, it was it was irresponsible of the doctor to, to play him. But you've played at, at, at a high level, mm -hmm. and, and you understand you know, what's at stake. When somebody has that type of passion and love for the sport, how hard is it for somebody not to play and, and to sit off? Yeah, I think it's incredibly difficult. I mean, KD sitting by and watching a team at times really struggle through this series specifically. I mean, he's in his head that entire time. There's n there's no, you know, ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's sitting there wishing he could play. There's also likely a large amount of pressure coming from the club itself, coming from the fans, and coming from um, probably a, a lot of his personal pressures he's putting on himself. So I think, um, do I think it was the right move? Now, it, I have like two kind of lenses I'm looking through for this. As an athlete, of course. Like, you're going to try, right? You're going to try to help your team, especially when they need you. From the coach side, like my, my coach side of me, no, of course not. He's definitely not ready. He waited four weeks with tendon-related lower limb injuries. And it's just, it's just not possible to heal and uh, facilitate, you know, strength in that limb in that short of time. You know, if they had asked me to speculate about what to happen, you know, when Kevin Durant went back in the game and, and played... I would have told you that his lower leg will be injured somehow. I didn't know what part and how, but it makes perfect sense. He's got an injured calf, and he comes back in, and st some structure's got to pick up the slack, and that just happened to be his Achilles tendon. And they were saying that like he had scrimmage <coughs> with the uh, with like the B team the day before, and he warmed up. Mm -hmm. But warm up and practice games are never like the real game. Yep. Because the intensities can never be mimicked. Yeah, it's like your adrenaline is at a just a completely different level, and and you. There's a certain amount of blackout that happens when you're in competition mode where it's mm -hmm. like you're kind of just functioning on autopilot and your body will perform movement at the highest level possible trying to accomplish the goal at hand, which is to win. So the fact that he was able to even do what he did in that short period of time before being injured was incredibly impressive. Um, but that being said, do I think he should have went back in from an athlete perspective? Absolutely. I think, you know, he, they're at the end of the season regardless so he's going to have time to recover off whatever injury he does sustain or if he just worsens it a little bit but um you know a non-impact related tear like that um pretty good indication that he was not ready to mm -hmm. return mm -hmm. but the the whole so the whole you know toronto fans yeah, if those of you uh, if those are not not aware i guess when you know kevin durant went down that a lot of the fans were cheering that he got hurt and um, there was some also some altercations, I guess, um, behind the scenes with mm. fans yelling at um, members of the staff and members of the team um, in the back as well, which is pretty, pretty shameful, to be perfectly honest. Um, but it's one of those things. What do you got over there, Kel? We th What's that? She's showing me a picture. No, it's okay. We've got a picture here. Kelly's like our... Uh, Raptors fans are raising money for Kevin Durant's charity. Oh yeah, after some um, after some so, cheered his injury. So typical Canada. Here we go. Sorry, right? They feel bad, but at the same time, we're we're trying to, um, you know, reconcile. I think a little bit. So I don't think the fans were cheering <clears throat> to the fact that he got hurt. There was just a lot of emotion around the Kevin Durant that whole this whole series mm -hmm. of he was going to play or not, and I think they were cheering at the. Like, 
I don't think it was malicious towards Durant the human. It was more surrounding the entire organization as what was happening. I think you're 100% um, on, on par with what you said there. It's really, I think, what it is about is someone gets injured and they increase their chance of winning, right? They're just, it's, it's a collective mentality. It's, okay, now Golden State is, um, they're weakened, and that's exciting to them, right? It's like well, our chances of winning are higher. Now, that being said, I imagine in that type of environment, I know sports fans, and I know intense mm-hmm. sport, sports fans, some of them were super pumped he was hurt. The same reason why athletes can, can sabotage each other because it's anything for a competitive advantage. It's the, you know, the Nancy Kerrigan. Um, right, and Tanya Harding. Uh, Tanya Harding. I mean, when you come to a point where you will uh, put a hit out on somebody and have them injured so that you can win, like, you know, the fact that someone's laughing at Kevin Durant doesn't surprise me. And so many fans, like, their whole being and, and like, like, like their, their identity is based off of their sport mm-hmm. and what they watch and who, and who they, you know, identify with. Right. So for them, it's, it's almost like fans are, are more invested than the players themselves, it seems like, sometimes. I, and I'm like, I'm such an, not, I'm not anti. I have a hard time, like, understanding intense fan um, commitment and, and the identity element. And it's like, I have to remind myself that, you know, they're just enjoying something at a very high level. And, and again, they do have a collective uh, identity with that, but it's like, I, and I'm such a shit disturber. I mean, you know that I'm a shit disturber. So it's like when I hear people talking about how like, Oh, we didn't do it. And we didn't this. And I'm like, who like we, and I'm like, you're not on the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they always get so pissed off, but it's like, I'm just playing around and having fun. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, there are certain sports that I've been, I've watched that I've gotten pretty invested in. Um, but they're always like, a little bit off the radar or off the beaten path sports. Yeah. They're a little bit lesser. Like cricket. Definitely, yeah, definitely cricket. Um, yeah. I huge think, fan of cricket. So um, <laughs> I was listening to Adam Savage speak about, um, with Aubrey Marcus and on his podcast about. Is he related to Macho Man? I think so, yeah. Randy yeah. Savage. Yeah. yeah. Adam related? Savage. They're actually brothers. Oh, okay. Good. Um, yeah. Randy, Randy went. Yeah, brother. Randy went towards wrestling. Adam went through engineering <laughs> and, and prop making. Um, but. He was saying how humans inherently like narratives that are exciting and unknown, right? So he he was kind of paralleling between if we like if we lived for eternity and and we were immortal, it'd be quite boring because we would know what would happen. Like we wouldn't mm-hmm. have any 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 ambiguity. Sure. Just like in in movies, we don't like to have narratives in movies where we know what the end is going to be like. We often say, "Oh, that was boring." I was like, "Oh, I knew it was coming." We always like things that are, um, are are sort of new and exciting and different. And I think real life sports. And I think it was Doctor um, Dixon or Professor Dixon in university. I, I took a um, a business of sport class, and we talked about how sports is an ultimate reality TV show because it's unknown, it's random, it's chaotic, and I think it leaves the fans wanting more and and, and they want to see from start to finish because they don't know how it's going to end. And then the players become the characters in that narrative, and it's like you attach to certain people and certain storylines, and you get and, invested in their and if lives. You watch the and, post, and, and I've been watching the post game, uh, the post game reports, and all the reporters have this narrative in their question. They're always asking the same questions in a different way to have a specific narrative about the series, and it's actually quite interesting to see how the media is trying to spin it off as um, U.S. versus Canada, Canada versus U.S., or, or even like. Like having some rivalries between the superstars of each team, it's it's pretty interesting how that's. Well, it's going. like even the whole the whole KD thing, right? All the articles are like Canada cheers for, and it's like you don't pigeonhole the entire Canadian population for cheering. Like, no, they're basketball fans. 
like rowdy ass basketball fans cheer when basketball player hurts himself and ups the chance of their yeah. team winning. Like that's make I, the news sometimes bugs. Me. I mean, it doesn't it does. sometimes bug me. It always bugs me. So you know, so, so going back to Kevin Durant's injury, um, like athletes sustain injuries, and, and so do we as humans. Um, I've never let's, been injured. Let's let's no not at all. <laughs> let, let's dive in about um, like our member base and even people that are listening in. Like when when they get injured, it could be an ankle, it could be a knee, it could be a hip, it could be a shoulder. Should they stop exercise altogether, or should they continue mm-hmm. on improving number one that affected area to make sure that it's mobile enough and recovered well, while also working around that injury and and still working on their fitness? Yeah, I think uh, question number one is always going to be, what is the injury? right? What's the severity? How did it happen? What exacerbates it? And then once you can kind of identify what it is that you're dealing with, you can then pinpoint a little bit more of a a streamlined course of action to, to manage that. And I think when people say like, you know, dealing with injuries it's more like managing right like you're just yeah. you're managing the injury and it's up to you how you manage that to to the speed at which you recover from it and i mean like i'm perfect example right now and and i've been dealing with um uh, an injury probably off and on for about eight to ten months now which is the left low back and hip issue and it's you know it's a it's a culmination of lots of stuff um but it's really challenged my one patience um and two ability to stay consistent because it's it didn't heal quick mm-hmm. and i think in all rights it shouldn't based on what i've done over the years to be able to to you know bring this to light but um yeah with with injuries it's really going to come down to first of all what it is to identify and if it's safe to move forward then it's it's always going to be best to keep moving to some degree and especially finding kind of the limits of which you can move um is, you know i think our instinct as humans right is injury and its preservation and, and, and protection mode, which is like, if it hurts, don't move, stay as still as possible. And so I don't have to feel the pain. Um, but even in recovery, like there's a certain amount of discomfort and pain that's inevitable and actually part of the process. And, and good exercise is going to actually help the, the recovery process of it. I've been doing a lot of consults with people uh, recently and they, and they've, they've been, or a few of them have been said, they said like, Oh, I have knee pain. I have this pain. I'm going to a chiropractor to get it fixed. I think I'm going to wait till it's, uh, healed, which is the same mentality as somebody saying, I'm going to wait till Monday to start. Right. And I think people need to realize that we are movement specialists and we understand that we know how to manage and navigate an injury and, or like not, not an injury per se, but like an ache and a pain that, that we, experience right it could be like knee pain back pain shoulder pain yeah and most i think it's because a lot of people don't have the understanding obviously that we do of what that pain actually is and to that person that pain could be some of the worst pain they've experienced Mm -hmm. right and there's no reference point but being able to have seen you know hundreds and hundreds of people over the years come in with pain manage pain and work out with pain in order to obviously reduce that over time it puts us in i think a little bit more of a um solid position to make that decision or at least help consult that decision a little bit more efficiently than they would on their own and i mean you'd be surprised how resilient the human body is and how much movement will speed up the recovery of something that you're certain Mm -hmm. it will make it worse right like i think you know knees are big like that where people have knee pain and they're like i can't i can't squat because my knees hurt and what's your, what's your first thought? You're probably the same as me. Your first thought when someone says, I can't squat because my knees hurt. So my first thought is, yeah. 
can I just spend 20 minutes with you and I'll teach you how to squat and you'll be pain free? Right. So the, the moral of that is you're likely squatting wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and or not squatting ideal for you because there's there's a ver- there's a variation of of or I should say a variety of different ways to squat the body to the floor mm. and some work better for others in terms of managing um, discomfort. So, yeah, that's that's always been the worst one. And it's nice now with working with athletes. I don't hear that anymore. Mm. But, um, yeah, I imagine you still get that on a pretty regular yeah, basis. Yeah, get that quite a bit. And I think the common theme here is like knee pain, back pain, shoulder pain. Mm-hmm. And it's teaching people how to take care of their bodies, number one, that's going to help them. And being consistent in that, I think people don't want to hear the 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 answer because the answer isn't sexy and it's not fun it's just be consistent at whether it's stretching mobilizing foam rolling vice versa or conversely on the diet part it's get your sleep eat well work out and you'll lose weight kind of thing and i think people don't want to hear that and in the moment we say that as professionals they disregard it like it's not what i want to hear and then they search for the answer they want to find and usually that is in magazines right? On Instagram, you're scrolling through, you're looking for something to justify you getting to do what it is you want to do, not what you should be doing. And that's, that's the thing that really bothers me where it's like, it's the same mentality as going into the doctor and telling them that you Wikipedia, what you think you have, and they're just going to look at you and shake their head and be like, this is kind of what I do for a living. Um, or you, hire someone to help build your house, but then you stand by them and tell them exactly how those two by fours should be stacked and and whatnot. So um, trust in the process. If you're a person that's, you know, training here at sweat, or if you train somewhere else and you have, and you've paid money for a service, you're paying money for the professionalism and their, and their experiences, trust in them. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to, to let yourself go and and trust in the process before you're ever going to expect any type of result. Mm-hmm. If you're second guessing things, then you're definitely not going to be progressing forward. Yeah, no, and and that's something that um, I think we try to have open forum here with our member base and saying, hey, if you need help in certain areas, and whether it's f- uh, learning how to you know reduce your knee pain or, or shoulder pain, like we have the knowledge behind that to help you. And sometimes um, we can't do it in a session because we have to work you out and make you sweat a little mm-hmm. bit, but. Um, we're here all day that people can just come at us and, and, and ask us questions. And it's, I think the one thing people have the, the most difficult, the most difficulty I think accepting is that becoming stronger strength training is often the, the solution to almost yeah. all, almost all injury and pain mm-hmm. is that, yeah, your joints hurt, but guess what attaches into all your joints and holds everything together is your muscles. Your muscular system is what, takes and, and passes those joints through ranges of motion. Mm-hmm. So if you have a lack of strength in the muscles to support the joints, then of course your joints are going to hurt. So what is the key? The key is to strengthen the muscles around the joint so that when you move, less pressure is on the skeleton and the, and the cartilage and the ligaments and more pressure is in and mm-hmm. on the actual musculature. And, and to be quite honest, uh, with my experience in, in coaching here this past year, um, especially because I've been observing it quite a bit, is the moment I tell people to introduce tension when they're doing something, it automatically, probably 75% of the time, the pain goes away. And everyone has strong muscles, otherwise we wouldn't be able to be upright. So like everyone's got a base level of strength to support their skeleton, otherwise you wouldn't be able to walk. You just don't know how to generate the tension to put yourself in that right position and allow it to, yeah. to be in good form. What's like the go-to movement for you to teach people tension 
like if you had to pick one, what would you pick for like teaching tension? Uh, very simple. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was going to say plank, Mm -hmm. but the easier version of it, which is more translatable into like everyday life, whether it's picking up a barbell or picking up grocery bags is I have, um, people stand up on their two feet and I do this in an assessment. I have them grip the floor with their feet as hard as they can. Mm -hmm. And then I give them this cue of saying, okay, imagine there was a big gust of wind that was about to knock you over. Mm-hmm. Don't knock yourself over. By this, or, or if I were to push you, don't don't be pushed over. So grip the floor as, as hard as that. And then in that same breath, I tell them, squeeze your butt, make fists with your hands, yes. flex your arms, and brace down on your abs as if I'm so about to punch you. So basically stand up and pretend to take a shit. Yeah, without... without <laughs> and, then, and then the last cue is try not to fart. Yeah. Or do we don't and that, and that and that typically gets people like oh that's that's what tension is. Yep. If you want to make that into an exercise, I would just do a plank, and in that plank, I would have them get on their elbows. I'd have them squeeze their butt as hard as they can. At that time, they would squeeze their quads at the same time, and then I tell them to make fists with their hands and grip tight, and then I push them a little bit, and I'm like, don't make me push you, mm-hmm. and breathe. I like carries. Carries are good. I think like if you want to see someone naturally produce tension and, and torque have them hold something heavy right because if they're not going to brace in any way they're going to be pulled over or they're not going to be able to lift something up i do like carries for that um but yeah like pl- i think a lot of it is teaching people their the association between the muscles and the mind mm-hmm. and, and and like actually how to utilize um specific areas of the body it's like i used to tell people like go home and practice flexing like yeah. don't stand in front of the mirror and do the bodybuilding poses but like as you're sitting on the couch like extend your leg and squeeze your yeah. quad like stand up and clench your butt like pi- i would say pinch a poo that's yeah. what the athletes right they're like what, cl- what do you mean Sque- like squeeze your butt what pinch a poo <laughs> like you're trying to like like hold it in like it's coming out, hold it in, and they're like, "Ha!" and they laugh. But then they're like, "Oh, it's, actually, that works." It's prairie dogging, right? And you have to hold it in, right? You, yeah, turtling a little bit, yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. We talk about poop on this uh, yeah. podcast. Um, well, I was gonna say that I forget now. Now I got poop on the mind. That's all right. That's all right. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Boom. No, no. Yeah, I was gonna say this. I'm always still amazed how, like, when you squat, like the knee joint, for instance, mm-hmm. it glides on two bones. And without pain. Right. And that's because there's cartilage. Obviously, that keeps right. it, you know, smooth. But it's our muscles that are moving that joint into that range of motion. And gravity. Yeah. And gra- yeah. 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 But, but yes, 100%. It's kind of, it's strange to think that, like, that's how it moves. Or yeah. that's how you move. Yeah. And if you learn how to use your muscle, it won't really hurt the joint as much. Or, or if, you, if, you, if you know how to stack your joints. Stack I, them I, I heard that somewhere. I know a guy that says that all the Where, time. When, when you stack your joints in proper alignment. Everything glides and it's smooth and it's 100. It's effortless. It's, it's it's efficient movement, and that's it's funny enough. That's well, you know, if you you guys probably don't know this guy's name's David Weck, and he's mm-hmm. uh, like a biomechanist. He's actually the the inventor of the Bosu ball, which is a long convoluted now, story of of. Correct me use. if I'm wrong. The Bosu ball is meant for Bosu burpees. <laughs> you got it. You nailed. You nailed it. Um, yeah, that's a longer discussion, but in short. The Bosu ball was created for a purpose that it basically didn't end up getting used for. That Bosu ball was um, licensed out, and 
sold to obviously the masses and then you know your your body burn booty blasting whatever classes take the bosu ball and find out all these funky ways to use it and it's like that's not what it's for i have a question but oh okay yeah let's go okay so basically the moral of the story is the bosu ball is used for other stuff and this guy david weck is um, basically revolutionizing and and transitioning the way in which we understand human locomotion running walking um talks a little bit about um your bones are sticks He's like, mm-hmm. stack your sticks and strike the floor. And you actually say that the down, the down we work for, the up is free, right? Strike on the way down and the up is free. You yep. just recall. Anyway, this is a deeper conversation. Next time. Ideally, what I'm trying to say is uh, stack your joints. <laughs> stack them. Stack them. All right, so question. We have a question from one of the members here. Question. And she's asked me this many, many times. Don't, don't say the name. I won't say the name. Anonymity. What is the difference between lifting heavy mm. with small reps or, or low rep mm. versus lifting lighter with more reps? Mm. Why do you choose one over the other in the workouts? There you go. That's a good question. Do you want me to answer this or do you want to? You can start and I will chime in. Yeah, that's like that's like the most, I think, well-known two choices that you have in the gym, right? I think like we can look at this through so many different lenses so many. physiologically. So let's keep this as basic as possible. Let's like talk about this in the framework of just basic like hypertrophy muscle strength gaining. Um, lifting heavy with low reps versus lifting light and, and high reps. So let's put it this way. Your body, in the grand scheme of things, if your goal is to just be stronger than you were yesterday and functional fitness, your body has zero idea how heavy the weight is. It only knows work. It knows stimulus. And muscle tension. And tension. So with something like um, high rep, light weight, you're working and what's happening is the, the con- I don't want to get too scientific with this. Like how do, we, how do we keep, how do we keep this um, uh, palatable for everybody? Ideally what's happening is the, the contractile strength. So basically how hard the, the musculature or the, the fibers are shortened when talk about cross bridges and shit, but I, what we're talking about is how hard the muscles flex. There we go. That's a yes. great word. I'm trying to like Bill Nye this down to as much as possible. Um, how hard the muscles flex is the difference, right? With a heavy weight, you're using a lot more uh, tension. There's a lot more stimulus, a lot more feedback from the body. So something like a high rep, low weight is, they tell, what do they say? Keep uh, tone. <laughs> this is for tone. I'm thinking of Michael Scott this when they're outside during the prison break, and he's like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jim's like two pound weights. Hey, I'm going for uh, for tone, not bulk. Yeah. So let's put it. I'm going to make this as easy as possible. High rep, low weight um, for for hypertrophy, uh, lo- or high weight, low rep for strength. Yes. Make it, right. We'll just make it as right. easy as possible. So so I, one makes you stronger. I, I know where this question's coming from. Okay. Uh, That's why I say you probably yeah. better you answer this question. So this population. Because everybody hears, uh, like, so a lot of the females that come here, like, I don't want to get bulky, so I'm going to use lightweight so I can tone. Uh, I don't want to lift heavy because I, I gain muscle really, really fast, which is a bunch of bullshit. Because yeah. nobody gains muscle Teach that fast. Teach me the secret. <laughs> so um, w- when you're lifting heavy, you're working primarily your strength. And that is acted upon your nervous system or neurologically you're becoming um, – more and more stimulated towards heavier weights, which makes you stronger overall over time consistently. So you're, you're primarily working your strength, even though when you're lifting heavy weights, especially if you're a beginner or a novice or even intermediate, you can still build some 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 muscle doing that, not, not a problem. But when we use it here, we primarily use it because we want to make you strong functionally. At the same time, when you become strong or you become stronger over time, so let's pick a deadlift for instance. 
let's say over the course of a year you started at maybe like 95 pounds as a deadlift for a set of three and then now you're up at 225 pounds for three you've gained a considerable amount of 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 strength that will improve your capacity to do many other things in the gym things like pick up farmer carries so pick up heavier weights um you might have some extra strength on the air assault bike you might have some more endurance when you're doing walking lunges so so like your endurance and capacity to do more work when you're stronger is a lot better correct yeah no absolutely um the low weight high repetition is mainly meant for like the bodybuilding type of 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 work hypertrophy based it's aesthetic. And I think people mistaken lightweight, high rep with easy. Yeah. When if you actually do yeah. high rep, low weight, the, the weight's still not low. Like like right. you're, you're, you're introducing a metabolic stress to that surrounding tissue that is going to cause the muscle to grow. And that's, that's why I was saying like your body doesn't know numbers. It doesn't mm-hmm. know weight. It knows work, right? And when we know work, when it comes down, like if, if your goal is – like we try to have a blend or you try to have a blend of, of goal, right? Which is one, we want to make you stronger. And two, we want to make you feel more confident in how you look and all that good mm-hmm. stuff that comes along with time. But with that, that light, that lightweight, high repetition mentality, it's like, it really, like a big muscle is not necessarily a strong muscle, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that's mm-hmm. as easy to put it as possible. It's like, you can make your muscles larger by doing a lot of high rep sets mm-hmm. and just taking muscle to end range fatigue and just tearing the muscle fibers to pieces and then you get muscle growth. But muscle growth doesn't always correlate to muscle strength. Size and strength are different, right? Strength is different than power. Size is different. Like these all have kind of definitive um, um, meanings when it comes down to it. So I think in moral of the story is the difference is, is that one is going to help with the, the functional capacity of, of life gym and being able to do and, and learn more skills. And, and that's, I think should be the goal of most people when they hit the gym is like, instead of chasing like an aesthetic or the way you look, mm-hmm. right. Is, is chase just being stronger than you were the week prior, yeah. because along with getting focused in on getting stronger, it kind of, it muddies it, it kind of creates a white noise a little bit around those toxic goals which are more the aesthetic i have to have a flat belly i have to have right. this and if i don't have that i've failed and that's i think what's preventing a lot of people from from progressing in the gym yeah. um, but a combination of both well lightweight high rep hot, like low rep high the weight the way we approach our, our our training program here is quite simple but mm-hmm. simple sometimes is the best type of programming because it's not too fancy we approach it, it very simply our main movements, your squat, your deadlift, your bench press, some lunges, um, we, we primarily focus on the strength building aspect of that because they're, they're, they're the most efficient at getting strong and functional and stable and injury-free if you do it correctly. And getting strong over time is fun, right? It, it really gets your mindset at, at a different level. It's empowering. The accessory movements that we do are, are anywhere between eight to 15 reps, mm-hmm. sometimes more. And that gives you a good blend of not only a good cardio effect for your for your cardiovascular system, but also that that burn that people kind of like to feel. And that burn is what's calling is what's causing the metabolic stress to then over time grow your muscle. That being said, becoming strong, lean, fit, whatever you want to call it, will not exist unless you take care of the other side, which is your recovery, nutrition, and sleep management. And that really is like, honestly, it's such a, it's a a much larger piece of the pie Mm. when it comes down to it. And I think it's that 
it's just more fun to focus on the gym at times when in reality, I think a little bit more focus elsewhere would help a lot of people out in, in the long run. That being said, what are your goals? If your goal is just to be, you know, make your life a little bit more accessible and, and less painful and a little bit more um, fun, then work out and live a life, mm-hmm. right? Make a couple better decisions throughout the week. If your goal is to wear a bathing suit and have a six pack, then guess what? Along with that comes a whole lot of sacrifice, right? You're going to be in the gym lifting, but you're also going to be not doing things like drinking, eating sugar, like all, if, if that's your goal. And I've done, cause I've done this shit mm-hmm. before. We talked about this in another podcast. I've done this shit before. If you want to be absolutely jacked, like a celebrity, you see, like, I want to be like that person. Well, cool. Guess what that person does? A whole bunch of stuff you're not doing right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, um, and <clears throat> the cool thing about the way we blend our program is like, even in our chipper workouts, so like when we do a lot of our, uh, like AMRAP or EMOM, we're getting in a lot of high repetition work. And even, even if it's just body weight work, that's still muscle tension and stimulus to the muscle to then cause whatever goal you're looking for. And even if you're a beginner, and, and most beginners will have a strength benefit and a, a muscle toning, quote unquote muscle, even though that's kind of bullshit word, uh, like they're going to get that no matter what they do in, in the gym. Agreed. Agreed. I hope that answers your question. Lots of, lots of that. If we had to wrap that up in like a couple sentences, what would we say? Do both. Yeah, don't be afraid of both. Not like, I think the fact that these questions come in and like, it's it's of no fault other than the way in which fitness has been marketed to the masses, right? Most people get their fitness information from large publications and Instagram and Facebook. And what goes on there? Well, what goes on there is what people are trying to sell. People are trying to sell you a shortcut. That's what gets sold, Mm -hmm. which is this is what you need to do to get this way. When bottom line is what you need to do is anything frequently. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not wrong in that. Yeah. No, that's yeah. anything frequently. I always tell my athletes and people, and, and you know, I run a, a bigger social media platform and I get asked questions all the time and it's always, and I, my stuff is on jumping, you know, what's the best exercise for jumping? And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I tell you, I hate that question. Cause it's like, everything can help you jump higher. Yeah. It's a matter of like everything works. It's a matter of how long does it work for you? And is it the best possible option for you? And that's why a coach is so important because a coach is going to be the person that helps to delineate what it is that works best for you and how to adjust that to be appropriate. Whereas if you just keep, if you work on your own and you're just in there doing the same routine three days a week, you know, 20 reps of this and 20 reps of this lightweight, your body just learns that shit so fast and you eventually, we hit that plateau so quickly. So it's, don't be afraid to experiment, right? I think our, our body's meant to do a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you're, see something and you're wondering whether or not you should do it, you the the answer is you can do it mm-hmm. and not to be afraid of trying something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as it's not like eat two cakes, like that's not going to help. I you mean, that, that sounds phenomenal. It's like, well, you know, and I, I think like where my head's going now, as I've been doing this for so long is that I'm not so much concerned about what rep range you're working at, unless you have a very specific goal to get somewhere. Yeah, sure, that's exactly it. But at the end of the day, it's, are you mindful enough with your mind and body that you can create tension? Because it's tension that's what's going to create whichever tone look you're looking for. But not in the transverse plane. No. Yeah, it's like, what? Never mind. Different different conversation. Right, like, like, can you just create muscle? So, like, you can hold a plank for an hour with active muscles, and you'd get probably a pretty decent physique, I'd imagine, if you ate well. 
I would pay to see someone hold a plank for an hour. World record, appro- eight hours. Appropriately. Right? Like, like, a, like a real plank. Like, like, right. Not like a hinging on your spine plank. No, but like you're active with every muscle being turned there's on. There's not a possible. There's that's no gonna chance. burn calories. It's going to tone up your muscle. Poop it's your gonna pants. Poop your pants. It's going to make you sweat. So <sighs> I think people need to learn about the mindfulness to training and learning how to um, – just create well-balanced movement to then create the tension to then get the results we're looking for. And then everything else will work itself out. We don't need to focus on one rep scheme or another. It's just... I agree. Do we have any other questions? No, that was the only question. What? Well, I guess this is the first... We just yeah. asked people for questions like, like a half hour 20 ago. minutes ago. Um, so that, again, reminder, the podcast is for you which means that if you have questions that you'd like us to touch on, please message us. You can message us through Instagram at the full depth, or you can message us through Instagram at team sweat life and uh, post your questions there. And then what we'll do is on the next podcast, um, we will answer those. And if you'd like, let us know if you want the shout out. Not everybody wants to be mentioned, yeah. but if you want the shout out, we'll say your name, right? Oh, they said my name on the radio, <laughs> on, the radio. Right? on the radio. They said back in the day. Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's, let's make it all about you and, and your questions and keep in mind that we have Kelly here as well, who is a nutrition coach and she will weigh in on, um, all puns intended, weigh in on, on questions as well. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's how it should move forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's your, it's your cast right now, it's the people's cast, it's the people's cast. Anything else you want to touch on? No, I'm all set. I think this was a productive chat. It was something. It was something. It all was right. something. Anyway, it was our pleasure again, and we thank you for hanging out with us here on the Full Depth Podcast. We'll be back soon. I'd like to say we'll be back every single week, but you never know what life throws at you. I leave next Saturday, so we'll have to get one in before I go. We'll do it on the way to the airport. There we go. Mike's going to drop me off at the airport. I'm headed to Utah for a week for a camp. I'll be coaching my ass off for 60 athletes and in the trenches with them. I'll talk about that when I get back. Mm -hmm. Anyway, have a wonderful day. Enjoy the sporadic weather, and we'll catch you.